had these droids? About three or four seasons. They're up for sale if you want them. Uh-huh. You don't need to see his identification. I didn't ask to see his identification. These are not the droids you're looking for. Who said we were looking for droids? He can go about his business. All right, fine. He can go about his business. Now answer my partner's question. We can go about our business. What are you doing with your hands? Business. Come on, old-timer. Just settle down. Move along. All right, all right. Move along, move along. What the hell was that? Old, that's old Ben. He's crazier than a shithouse womp rat. Uh, anyway, check out what I got in the mail from Jed's Toy Hut. Oh, man. That's a Phantom Menace electronic battle droid blaster rifle. That's electronic light and sound, light-up barrel and weapon sounds from the movies, light-up laser action, targeting scope, realistic movie styling, made by Hasbro and long out of production, and requires two AA batteries. But you took it out of the package. I, I like playing with my stuff, but if you force-strangled your inner child and want to keep everything op- unopened, fine. Jet's Toy Hut goes above and beyond to get it to you in tip-top shape. Seven box sizes, hand-packed, and they use whatever it takes to make sure your item never moves. That's awesome. Actually, I think those were the droids we were looking for. What? Hey! Halt! Or shoot! Run blaster, man. Business. Toyhut.com. All too easy. Today, Secrets of the Vampire Mist Revealed. I'm Joe Fulgham. Elizabeth Bathory Barbie. Are you fucking kidding me? I'm Kevin Leeson. After this episode, you're going to have to cleanse your palatine. I'm Torn Atkinson, and this is... Caustic Soda! <laughs> the first in our series of evil dames in history. Finally. Yeah, it's about time. We're sexist. I, the women have had so many advantages, it's finally time to bring them down a peg, right? Isn't that that's how it works? I agree with that. Yeah. Uh, pedestal taken out from under one particular lady, Elizabeth Bathory. So her story is she invented Countess? the bathtub? In, in bathtubs many, are named after... In many myths and legends about her, yeah. there are bathtubs involved. Oh, well, let's uh, get to that then. There's one particular image, which we'll be putting up on the website, uh, from McFarlane Toys. No. Who have a uh, a toy from the <laughs> the Faces of Madness series. Who else might be on that in that series? I have no idea. Just looked up the Elizabeth Bathory one where she is uh in a uh, tub full of blood with virgins' heads hoisted on a candelabra. Nice. This I'm not is... a huge McFarlane fan, but he makes really nice action figures. Sure. So if you want to go to check this out, go to causticsodapodcast.com. But uh, I've got a couple of phobias here that might apply. Okay. Uh, I've got the phobia of blood. I used to kind of have that. Is it hematophobia? Uh, it's hemophobia, hemophobia, or hematophobia. Nice. They all apply. I remember things from our blood episode. Uh-huh. Uh, as well as the phobia of women. Gynophobia or gynophobia. Mm-hmm. Okay, don't have that. Elizabeth Bathory was born Countess Erzabet Bathory. Erzabet? Yeah, because she's Hungarian. Okay. So the anglicization of her name is Elizabeth. Okay. okay. Uh, and I'm going to say Elizabeth for the rest of this episode. I'm going to say Erzabet because uh, I like it. <laughs> you are welcome to it. She was born on the 7th of August, 1560. And spoiler alert... She died on the 21st of August, 1614. I didn't know she was dead already. <laughs> How many years is that? Uh, that is 54 years. Two weeks past her 54th birthday, in fact. Happy birthday. Some people claim she was kind of a vampire, so that maybe is a surprising That's why she part. lived so long. <laughs> yeah. Well, in the 16th century in Hungary, 54 was probably actually pretty long. Mm, maybe. In the long-ish range. She was nobility, right? Yes. So, I mean, countess. Mm-hmm. I don't know, maybe. Well, she was actually pretty high up on the noble scale. Okay. She does, was, it, does it go up to 10? Uh, let's say it goes up to 20, like in D&D. Okay. She was probably like a 17. Oh, okay, well. All right. Because uh, her uncle was Andrew Bonaventura Bathory. Oh, that guy. Who was a voivod of Transylvania. Oh, I love voivod. I love that band. Well, Vlad the Impaler was also a voivod of Transylvania, just to show you what yes. uh, sort of like level they were at. I think voivod just means warlord. It, well, it started off meaning warlord. We looked this up, actually, mm-hmm. uh, because I remembered the band and yeah. went, what the hell does that mean? <laughs> uh, it started off meaning warlord, but it ended up becoming kind of governor. So it's kind of a combination of both. Governor yeah. with a big axe. Yeah. yeah. 
governor with the fist of steel. Yeah. Okay. Uh, her grandfather was Stephen Bathory of Somilio, who was another voivod of Aust- of Transylvania. So she comes from a long line of voivods. An uncle on the on her maternal side was Stefan Bathory, who eventually who started out as a duke of Transylvania and eventually became the king of Poland. And a vampire. They were all vampires. I mean, okay. that goes without saying. That's the Transylvanian bloodline. You yeah, can't absolutely, <laughs> absolutely. The peasants with the pitchforks and the torches going after Dracula are all mad that he's, like, telling everybody. Mm-hmm. They're all vampires, too. Elizabeth was uh, born in Hungary slash Transylvania, that call whole Eastern European area. Mm-hmm. I, I think what's important to point out at this stage of the game is there is kind of what is accepted as fact mm-hmm. about her. And then there is what is disputed as whether it's fact or not. Okay. And then there is full-on myth. Full-on everybody knows that it sort of arose after her death or became part of popular culture, but has no basis whatsoever in what happened on Earth. Right. You know, in a reality kind of based situation. So we've got fact, we've got myth, and we've got fifth. (laughs) The fifth. Which is somewhere in between. Or macked. Macked. Uh-huh. <laughs> Macked or fifth? <laughs> I, I'm TMing that. That's a whole new show. That's uh, hosted by uh, William Shatner. Nice. So as a young girl, although intelligent, uh, Elizabeth was known to have seizures quite regularly. She may have been epileptic mm-hmm. and sporadic fits of rage. Sure. Foreshadowing. I get those. It's when I'm playing really? video games, though. Okay. Return our flag, damn it! Ah! <laughs> if only you'd been a noble in Transylvania, you may have become a horrible, horrible serial killer. Usually my video game is uh, restrained to when I'm waiting for the next uh, area in Skyrim to load. Yeah. <laughs> that's when the rage load! bubbles to the surface? Yeah. <laughs> well, that's not sporadic. That happens all the time, though, that's right? That's true. Uh, at an early age, she's known to have witnessed her father's officers torture peasants regularly. Okay. Uh, one notable situation being witness to a captured thief being sewn into the stomach of a dying horse and left to die. <laughs> I mean, oh, that's terrible. <laughs> that is a particularly inventive method of execution. Sewn into a horse. And left to die. Uh-huh. And these days, we worry that kids are going to watch a rabbit hit somebody on the head with a cartoon mallet. <laughs> was the horse dead? Uh, the horse was dying. dying. Yeah. I would guess it was alive, and then they cut it open. This is kind of halfway torturing the and horse, it too, wasn't it? dying. <laughs> and then they cooked it up. And made a maybe it had a broken leg or something, and they were like, "Oh, it's lame anyway. Might as well sew a dude up." Maybe in. this was the first attempt at a turducken, but with horses and humans. <laughs> maybe that's the or the true origin of the centaur. Oh, this guy got sewn up into the horse. Can't get out the way he came in, so he's like climbing up through its mouth. Hey guys, I'm trapped in this horse. <laughs> oh, it's a centaur. I think ancient they go Greeks, galloping away. I think ancient Greeks had centaurs, but maybe this was the Transylvanians going. I can make one of them. <laughs> we can do that. We have the technology. Yeah. If only this is human centipede, like a negative one. For your crime of theft, you have been sentenced to die. However, if you can climb up out of this horse's mouth from the you inside, you regain your freedom. You yeah. may regain your freedom as a centaur. Yeah, we're we're yeah we're calling it the centaur clause. Yeah, the escape clause, if you will. Yeah. So you know, tough but fair. In 1574, at the age of 13 and a half, mm-hmm. Elizabeth became. It pregnant. was a very good year, <laughs> Elizabeth became pregnant from a peasant boy. Okay. Mm-hmm. Mm. At 13 and a half. 13 and a half. Romping in the uh, hayloft. Uh, she gave birth to this baby and it was given away to a peasant family. Oh, to half hide vampire her. baby. <laughs> that child is still alive today. Mm-hmm. And uh, in May of 1575, so when she was 14 and a half, uh, she was married to Count Ferenc Nadazdi. Of? Uh, of Hungary. Okay. Yep. Uh, they had approximately 4,500 guests at their wedding. I thought you were going to say children. That's a lot of children. <laughs> <laughs> How did she do that? So uh, to say that it was probably the social event of the year yeah. might be an understatement when you have 4,500 guests show up. <laughs> Pretty much right? had the entire state. Yeah, I, would when, show, like, I would show up to that wedding just to be like, he's not really going to marry a 14-year-old, is he? Let's go. we got to watch that. Oh, my God, he's doing it. Oh. I don't know. I don't think marrying 14-year-old girls was all that back uncommon then, back no, in the day. Yes. As a wedding gift, Nadazdi gave his new bride Chechia Castle, which was their country house and 17 adjacent villages. So they had a castle. That's fact. That is fact. 
The the husband gave her the gift? That was his wedding gift to her was a castle. Kind of the gift. Hey, baby, now that we're married and everything's all of our own, this castle is, quote, yours? I yeah, I mean, who knows, like, what in the Hungarian nobility, like, how things work, like, how yeah. secession of property and stuff like that worked. They, every country seemed to have sort of, like, different kind of traditions and how that was handled. So maybe women were allowed to hold property separate from their husbands that would go back to their right. – that would revert to their family or when they died Or maybe just meant she stuff. was allowed to choose the decorations and yeah. whether or not the toilet <laughs> yeah. seat stayed up or down. He was like, look, in this one castle, you get to choose the toilet seat. And how that stays. One one important part to consider here is actually the Bathories were a really noble family, and I'm sure Nadazdi was actually improving his social station by marrying into the Bathory family, oh, okay. right? Because she was level seventeen. Yeah, she was level seventeen. He was probably like a level fifteen or something like that. Although uh, he was a, a pretty well respected badass, well, badass of his own right. Yeah, his nickname was the Black Knight or the Black oh. Hero. He always triumphs. The Ottomans were constantly invading southern Hungary, uh, like and, they do, <laughs> like the news. That's why there are so many uh, uh, minarets all around Hungary. The Ottomans were constantly invading, and Nadazi was really the only guy who regularly defeated them or, or sent them packing or beat them back. Right but that's one of the situations that the king of Hungary, King Matthias, got into heavy debt to Nadazdi and Elizabeth Bathory because the way they operated was that when you went to war to defend it and you won, the king would owe you some money. Oh. He would have to pay your, your returning soldiers and you a reward for defeating them. I right? guess that's... Um, it's a meritorious-based system. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. If you don't win the battle, I'm not paying you. Not only might you be dead. Yeah. <laughs> but no golden trinkets. So his, But his repeated victories actually put the king in a... a it's like, stop kicking those Ottomans' asses yeah. so well. It's military spec work. Yeah, and they actually had to keep lending the king money to cover expenses <laughs> around, the, around the kingdom, and the, they were much wealthier than the king himself, in fact, right? Those centaurs don't come cheap. No, sorry, Bob. As well, all the way through this period, through her teenage years and young adult life, she's a pretty legendary narcissist. Okay. She changes her clothing five or six times a day. All right. Okay, she, and this is back in the day of bodices and wrapping and Oh, yeah, where it was like a, probably and, a one-hour process, right? Yeah, wow. Yeah, constantly changing her outfits. She would spend hours a day looking at herself in various mirrors around the castle. She had an armory of unguents and oils and uh, and whitening powders and greases to, to like maintain to vampire her. her up. Yeah, well, she she her corpse supposedly paint. had like a legendary beauty, right? Okay, considered quite attractive in the day. I mean, you can see again. We'll probably post uh, some photos of, of paintings of her, and you're kind of like, really legendary beauty. But maybe the bar was pretty low back in the like late. 16th century in Hungary. They had right? a different aesthetic back then. Yeah. Fangs were all the rage. If you're not covered in shit and mud, you're beautiful. Yeah. <laughs> That's what you can you can see her actual skin. Yeah. Oh my god, she's like an angel. Now, on the flip side of this sort of narcissism was that she was really well educated. She could actually read and write in four languages, which was really rare at the time even amongst the nobility. Was one of them the thieves can't? <laughs> yeah, one of them was a uh, murderee. Right? <laughs> Pig Latin doesn't count as a language. You know that. <laughs> she also had numerous young men as lovers. Okay. In one, in one instance, even ran away with one of them. Oh. Uh, but uh, but re- ultimately returned to her husband where she belonged, right? <laughs> so between 1602 and 1604, one of her local Lutheran ministers, Istvan Magyari, complained about atrocities that were happening at her castle. Mm-hmm both publicly and at the court in Vienna. And her husband died in 1604 at the age of 47, reportedly due to an unknown illness sustained during battle. But there is an alternate version of the story. Ooh, Macht or Fifth? This is a Fifth. This okay. is Fifth, definitely. In which he dies in Vienna as a result of an infected stab wound okay. that he got when he refused to pay a prostitute for her services. Oh. She shivved him and he Interesting. caught uh, the imagine. guy richer than the king. Who's <laughs> legendary in battle against the Ottomans. <laughs> refused to pay a prostitute. I imagine that those guys are pretty big egotists. I, well, also, it's, yeah, you know, it's also like the Homer Simpson with Bill Gates. You know, I didn't get rich writing a bunch of checks. <laughs> I didn't get rich by paying all my prostitutes. No, but like he could, I, you can imagine him turning around and going, listen, you should 
consider yourself lucky that you slept with me. I'm a very famous warlord. Right. You can like hang a sign over it saying, Ferenc Nadazis has been here, and you'll probably increase your business. I have just endorsed your pussy. Well, no lady of the night is worth two forints, which is the Hungarian currency at the time. <laughs> I like the alternate version from an entertainment perspective. So, uh, you know, I, I'll roll with it. I, uh, I prefer that that uh, that version as opposed to, you know, getting some wound in a in a battle and, uh, and dying as well. Boring. Yeah. So legend has it. Now this is a uh, this is Mact or fifth. This is this is a this is a Mact. She started uh, having trouble getting peasant girls to come work for her, who were her supposed victims up to that point in time. Okay. So in 1609, she was instrumental in killing a young noblewoman who was the daughter of an important clergyman, but managed to have it covered up, having it ruled a suicide. But this is sort of the beginning of the end for her. Okay. Because there now these sort of lower nobility girls start going missing. And uh, or getting sick and dying while you know under the care of uh, Elizabeth Bathory. Okay, what was the name of the castle? Chechia. Chechia. Yeah, located in the the city that now is now Trenchin, which I have actually been to. Oh. So there's a castle up on the hill that I saw the ruins of, and that might have even been the castle. I may have laid eyes on the castle myself and Holy not realized smokes. it. She might have been watching from her vampire perch <laughs> within. Precise. Although I went through on the daytime, so. Probably not. Oh, safe. You're safe. Uh, finally, in 1610, King Matthias uh, signed Georgi Thurzo, the Palatine of Hungary, which uh, is a, a high-ranking court official, like kind Palatine? of a prime, yeah, kind of a prime minister, uh, to investigate these it's claims not and charges. You use to taste things. <laughs> yeah, you taste him. Yeah, or he tastes everything. He just walks around <laughs> licking everything, and that's how he decides. Guilty. Palatine. You taste guilty. <laughs> so but delicious. Uh, Thurzo went to Checha Castle on the 30th of December, 1610, and arrested Bathory and four of her servants. And in this raid, Thurzo's men reportedly found one girl dead, one girl dying, and reported another woman was found wounded, while several others were locked up, waiting for their turn. In the dungeon? A dungeon or a room or a basement or somewhere okay. where they could be locked up. So now this is when the trial starts. Okay. Right? Elizabeth herself is actually never brought to trial. It is her four servants that are put on trial, and they testify to their to Rules. what they witnessed yeah. and their role in the the horrific things that have been going on for at least ten years up at the and castle. I guess Elizabeth, or uh, sorry, Elizabeth isn't taken to the stand because she's royalty. There's two theories on this. One is that the Bathory family is still incredibly powerful. Right. And Thurzo doesn't want to embarrass them. Yeah. As well, if she's found guilty of these heinous crimes, her property would be seized by the crown. And so the Bathory family would lose a lot of their uh, historical holdings. Well, then it would be good for the king to make this happen, then I would think. Yes, but bad for Thurzo because he's actually a Bathory family member. Oh, so uh, so that Thurzo lobbies the king. But there's an alternate theory, which was that Thurzo knew that Bathory wasn't actually guilty of all these crimes. So he didn't want to put her on trial and make himself look foolish. Mm. OK. And I don't know how much I believe that one, but that is an alternate theory. We'll get okay. to that in the ficked or macked section. So witnesses testified that uh, Elizabeth would enjoy sticking needles into whoever sat next to her in a carriage, especially if they were. Women or young girls. Okay. Poka, poka, poka. Guys I'd play like uh, Gamma World with when I was younger that would do that. Just stick you with a pin? Do you remember Mike P? Yes, I do. He used to jab me with sharpened pencils the whole time we would play Gamma World together. Just sit next to me and jab me. Was his last name Bathory? No. (laughs) He he got extra experience points, though. Uh, What if I was being the... James Master. <laughs> yeah, stab Joe some more. Woo! <laughs> Elizabeth once accused a girl in her employee of stealing money, so heated a coin to white hot and pressed it against oh. her hand. Evidently, her husband showed her one of his favorite techniques of discipline amongst the servants. The thing is, the problem was that coin had like half of the directions to find the Ark of the Covenant <laughs> on it. That's why they had to kill her in the end, because they couldn't let her get away with that yeah. secret. Oh. Her husband evidently uh, taught her his favorite method of discipline, which was called star kicking, which they would put oiled up pieces of paper and wedge them between their toes okay. and then light them on fire. Uh-huh. And the people would dance around and kick their feet trying to put the flames out and they would stand there and laugh. That does not sound anything like, I thought it would be something from a Mario Land star kicking video game. <laughs> bling, 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 bling. 
Yeah, uh, I'm nothing like that. Or maybe they were playing that as a, a sound accompaniment. They had like a little uh, string trio. Or harpsichord. Elizabeth also learned from her husband that they would discipline some girls by stripping them naked, taking them outside in the winter, and pouring water over them until they froze to death. To death? Yes. That is a discipline. By far, Elizabeth's favorite thing to do was to beat girl servants with a heavy club, a barbed lash, or a heavy cudgel until their bodies were swollen and bones were broken. The swollen bodies were then cut up with razors. Uh, (laughs) She would stick pins into the upper and lower lips of the girls, into their flesh and under their fingernails. Ouch. Uh, She'd been known to, uh, on a couple of occasions, sew servant girls' mouths shut. Oh, the yappy ones. Forcing girls to eat strips of their own flesh. Through their sewn-up lips? No, different one. Different Different, ones, yeah. yeah. Biting chunks of flesh from one victim's neck and breast while she was too sick in bed to leave. Biting? Yeah, well, I think she thought, uh, the, the testimony anyway, Right. she was really ill, and so she thought it would rejuvenate her. Right. She uh, ate some young virgin flesh, burning she genitals. She got this from the Vampire's Handbook. <laughs> she wrote the Vampire's Handbook. Burning the genitals, placing her own fingers into the mouth of one girl and pulling so hard the sides split open. Oh, man. Now, that I... would be hard to do. Yeah, and you know what? The Joker was born. Oh, I see. Do you want to know how I got these scars? <laughs> Elizabeth Bathory. <laughs> Elizabeth Bathory. It's not a very interesting story, but it was a long time ago. Cutting off fingers, slitting the flesh between the fingers... Uh, applying red-hot irons to the soles of feet, fatal surgery on unanesthetized victims, extensive sexual abuse. This is what led to the later rumors of her being a rampant bisexual. Okay. And shoving girls into small cages full of spikes, kind of Iron Maidens. Right. In fact, one accomplice testified that she would regularly lay stark naked girls flat on the floor and beat them and torture them to the degree that you would have to scoop up the blood by the pailful. And, yeah. uh, and you know, you just couldn't... scoop with a pail, though. Yeah, and you couldn't quite get it clean. So in order to cover it up, they would uh, just spread cinders around, spread okay. layer, layers of ash to, uh, to soak up the blood later on. Oh, this is a wonderful carpet you have. Oh, that's just congealed blood. <laughs> Actually, that would kind of, like, leave a spongy a sort of, like, yeah, of it, yeah, sawdust and ash on blood. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> one one young maidservant who did not endure the tortures particularly well and died very quickly. Reportedly, the countess said that she was too small. Oh, throw this one back. Yeah, exactly. Should have uh, should have left one in, this one in the village because mm-hmm. uh, she didn't uh, stand up to the torturing so much. I don't know, man. Lesser two evils. I think I'd like to be small and have it over with a little quicker. <laughs> Damn. Uh, one servant girl was accused of stealing a pear and was uh, was clubbed so bloodily a that Bathory, a, a pair of pears, perhaps. Okay. Uh, Ooh, a quattro. <laughs> the clubbing was so bloody that Elizabeth Bathory had to change her shirt midstream. And her club. Uh, the girl was beaten for hours and finally stabbed to death with a pair of scissors. Oh, that's the pear. The it was scissors made from pears. Pears. They were very dull. <laughs> Cured like meat. And maybe that's why they eat strips of them. They were they were tasty. You dry the pears out. You make the blades. Yeah. Stick them together <laughs> using an you apple. Fold core. it a thousand times. <laughs> yeah. it's a samurai it's sword. Right. Well, you know when they would like cook pigs with the apple in their mouth. Yeah. You know you feed the pear to the servant girl. Right. You accuse her of stealing it, and then you uh, you beat her, tenderizing her, and yeah. then eat strips of her flesh. It's the Elizabeth Bathory cookbook. Kill her with a pair of pear scissors. Uh-huh. So during the trial, two of her accomplices reported uh, taking part in 36 and 37 murders, respectively. The two other defendants estimated 50 or more. Many of the castle personnel who were not directly involved in the crimes estimated uh, the number of bodies removed from the castle to be between 100 and 200. And then one particular witness, and this is the number that a lot of people have hung up on, which is probably just an exaggeration. Okay. One witness claimed that she saw a diary that Elizabeth kept detailing all the killings, totaling 650 murders. Right. Pretty much universally accepted that that is a grossly inflated number. I can imagine during this time that, you know, they get these four servants on the witness stand and they start trying to one-up each other in the testimony and stuff like that. Yeah. I'm just wondering how reliable And how good are servants of that is. time at counting? They, they probably didn't learn much in right. the math. I guess you know, one, two, maybe. three, a dozen, many. 
<laughs> How many women? A lot. Yes. Give I us mean, a number. What are numbers? I yeah, Googleplex. <laughs> really? You think they invented Googleplex during the Bathory trial? You think that's it where was it came during from? one of the seizures. Uh-huh. <laughs> yeah, her sporadic fit of rage. In the side deal category, they had originally planned Thurzo and Elizabeth's son Paul. They originally planned to have Elizabeth spirited away to a nunnery where she would no longer be allowed to leave. But when the story started to spread and when the trial started to go on, it became kind of sensational. Right. They no longer felt like that was a viable option. So Elizabeth was immured in her own castle. Immured? What does that mean? Uh, that means they took a windowless room yeah. and they bricked her up in it. How did they feed her? Uh, there was one slit left for provisions. What did they do with the poo? Uh, probably came out in the provision bowl, I would imagine. Mm. She had to eat the bowl clean and then uh, waste in it. Egad. <laughs> I certainly don't think anybody wants to be walled up in a room for four years. Vampires do. They could get out by turning into mist. Oh. That's what happened. She turned into mist, went outside, pooped. <laughs> Went back inside. The wonder it's so misty out here. <laughs> oh, it's just bathery poop. Mm-hmm. They were all like, we're going to keep her in there and we'll feed her, but we won't let her poop out and she'll just die surrounded by poop. And then she would sneak out every night as a vampire. Uh-huh. Oh, Trick them all. This sound, This is obviously, listeners, this is in the facts section yep, of the Elizabeth absolutely. Bathory uh, myth, uh, mythos. This is history and science. Uh-huh. Mist is just vampire farts. <laughs> Next time you're out in the foggy. You know, when we're in the studio of- and Joe farts... And Joe farts. It, 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 my eyes water over. It feels pretty misty. In here? Yeah, it feels pretty misty in here too. Well, that's right. Not barking spiders. Just gonna blame on vampires now. <laughs> I'm invisible. <laughs> Smoke bomb. Uh, so all of uh, all four of Bathory's accomplices were convicted, found guilty, and convicted. Two of them were sent. Three of them were sentenced to death. Two of them were uh, had their fingers ripped off. This counters my entire theory that they're making shit up. Oh, yeah, no, they were... they would probably want to downplay all the stuff that happened, so that if they were... I think even in the modern day, when you start interviewing people, some of the people who are guilty of things, they begin to claim they do thing, they did things that it turns out they never had any opportunity to do. Like, they sort of, like... It becomes kind of like a little Stockholm Syndrome. They want to impress so. the police. They want to, like, right. claim that they've done things. They get things. braggy. But, but they're implicating themselves. Oh, yeah, but they don't care. Like, take Henry Hill, for instance. Like, that's a really famous story. I mean, he claimed, like, over, like, 150 victims. And although he was, like, a serial killer i mean he was rightfully convicted of like a 15 or 20 of them he claimed some that he was not they could prove he was in jail when those murders were committed well now it almost sounds like this is like a group of serial killers then like they're all in cahoots and they're all like it doesn't sound like well there's a head of this snake though i mean certainly there's a bunch of people here who are assisting her i mean she can't go out into the villages and snatch girls all by herself and when the person who sews up people's mouths shut and beats them bloody with clubs tells you to do something <laughs> you should probably do it yeah because you could be next on the list i mean she's elizabeth bath yeah. she's one of the most yeah. powerful yeah. women in the country she's gotten away with this for conceivably 10 or 20 years or more yeah and this is the movie i'd like to see i'd like to see the movie about the servants and maybe you guys can talk about this That's uh, a good in the idea. pop culture section so two of the were sentenced to death immediately but their fingers were pulled off first because they had uh, committed these crimes with these guilty hands so they right. weren't allowed to take their hands to the to the stake where they were burned okay so they ripped their fingers off uh well, and you won't need those where you're going the third the the dwarf-like cripple Fico. When you say dwarf-like. That's how he's described in, like, all the documents. Did he have a big bushy beard? I think he probably might have been, like, kind of hunchbacked or, like, short, short but yeah. not necessarily dwarfish short. Okay. Just malnourished or some right. wicked awesome, like, fetal alcohol syndrome or something. Mm-hmm. He was de- deemed less culpable because he was kind of mentally deficient. Okay. So he was beheaded. Oh, even... Oh, oh well. <laughs> he, was, <clears throat> he was beheaded before the burning instead of going to the stake alive. I guess that's fair. That was their, mer- their version of mercy. Yeah. Uh, one servant girl who was brought in as an accomplice quite late in the process and was sort of deemed just kind of carried along in the plots. Okay. Uh, she was given life in prison. All right. Elizabeth herself, like I mentioned earlier, was immured in a windowless room with a single slit for provisions. Mm-hmm. And four years later, she was found dead. And they were, they're oh. not, she was found dead on August 21st, so not exactly sure when exactly she died because there were a bunch of plates of uneaten food. Mm. So she may have it's died. It's because vampires don't eat food. She was found undead, let's face it. <laughs> yeah, she was... Just laying in wait. This yep. was her plot to get out. Yep. Then she they buried have... her and she made her escape. Maybe she starved herself to death then. 
Is that one of the theories? It's that she just passed on from being locked up for four years. In the movie The Countess, Julie Delpy posits the theory that she chewed through her own wrists and bled out, which was kind of a crazy theory that I've never sort of like seen anywhere, but it was pretty gruesome. It was awesome. And then there was a theory that she was was ultimately poisoned, that the powers that be just wanted to be rid of her. Oh. And Mm -hmm. uh, so gave her a tainted. I'm tired of delivering this food. Yeah. Tired of taking out her her poop bowl. Yeah. Yeah. Tired of all this mist everywhere. She was originally buried on the grounds of the church at Checha, but due to the villagers' uproar about having her buried in their local cemetery, Mm. uh, her body was exhumed and moved to her birth home in Exed, and it got interred at the Bathory family crypt. Dun, dun, dun. So the body was moved. This would be a perfect opportunity for somebody undead to yep. make good their escape. <laughs> yeah, to, and, to, and to get sent closer to home. Yeah. She just went out and started killing a few people in the village. And uh-huh. they were like, yeah, but that Bathory chick's got to go. I think we've proven it here, folks. Yeah, she's vampires a vampire. exist. Uh, without vampire. a doubt. Yeah. I mean, this, that's how science works. If you talk about stuff enough and think that makes sense, then yeah. And they create fog. Yep. <laughs> by farting. By eating too many. They fart their eat. entire body. That's what happens. <laughs> by eating too many vegetarians. <laughs> to turn into mist, a vampire starts farting and then just instantly never stops and his whole body turns into a mist. Really? Hmm. Hmm. The this real is, trick is reforming afterwards. This is this is a, a clever addition to the vampire mythos that I've never That's, heard anybody posit before. This is also why vampires kill everybody <laughs> because when they turn into that fog, they go... And they're so embarrassed, they have to get rid of all the witnesses. Got it. Got it. It's uh, shame-based. I'm going to tear down the coolness of vampires with this. That's what's <laughs> right. going to happen. They're, they're too cool. They're too pretty. The women all love them. They're gross. They, it's they true. Like there blood. was not enough farting in Twilight. It's, yeah. It would have been much. We, we need to do I'll a never Twilight watch edit. Where in all those scenes where they look at each other uncomfortably as though they don't know what their next line is uh-huh. that is supposed to be, quote, acting. Then you just edit in. We're just edit in. Yeah. And then show a scene of a misty moor. <laughs> so that's the fact-based section. Okay. What we know for sure. Right. Farting vampires. Uh-huh. And star kicking. And star kicking. This is now the section, the disputed fact section, Okay, right? One writer named Laszlo Nagy, who argued that she was completely innocent. Mm, uh, it was that, all conspiracy. That she was a victim of conspiracy and that the proceedings were entirely politically motivated. All right. That mm. she was a Protestant and the ruling family in the region at the time were Catholic. So they kind right. of were like set up as natural adversaries. Okay. That she, the king owed her a ton of money and so had a pretty big motive Mm-hmm. To get her removed from life. Mm-hmm. Yep. <laughs> Not 100% sure that was the right term to use, but uh, it works. Everybody understands what I'm talking about. Man, I am so mad at you. I'm going to remove you from life. One of the things that one of the critics of this point of view points out is that there were widespread accusations of her cruelty and even murderous rampages prior to her husband dying that she was this woman in power and we need to get her out of the way. Yeah. See, if her husband was still alive, even if you took her out, her husband would still own the lands and, you know, uh, wheel control and, you know, still have power in the region. But her husband died before she did. But her husband died after many of the accusations started to bubble up. Okay. In 1602, the local priest, there are records of him going to the court and trying, lobbying for an investigation. Okay. uh, In Vienna, and his, her husband didn't die until 1604, right? Okay. That's where that one sort of falls apart. There's a guy named Tony Thorne, and this I find very entertaining. He wrote a book named Countess Dracula, <laughs> which sounds like he's gonna, his whole book is going to be about the whole like blood drinking and bathing in blood to preserve her youth and kind of tying her into the Dracula mythos. Right. And in fact, the entire book is based on saying that she was kind of an innocent victim. See, a a, a prime example of choosing a title to move paper. Yeah. Yeah. Not necessarily have anything to do with what's inside the book. Because when was Dracula? I'm trying to remember now. It was the 1500s. Yeah, he was a precursor to her. So they never met. No, no. Like, uh, he died before she was born, I'm pretty sure. Tony Thorne posits the theory that she was a healer because she had a hospital. And to the modern eye, her mock surgical techniques, uh, such as bleeding, would often be indistinguishable from torture. Okay, it was just although, except for the fact that her contemporaries were actually accusing her of torture as well, right? So that even they thought it was maybe a little bit over the top. So, are they trying to say that the woman that she put on the floor and beat so bloody with a club that she had to change her own shirt 
Was she just trying to iron the shirt the woman was wearing no, with her club? No, she was trying to bandage up a, a small paper cut. Well, no, Tony Thorne's theory is is that these were actually just domestic uh, disciplinary techniques gone a little too far. Uh, in fact, he says, although she's famous for using creative punishments. And lethal, creative and lethal punishments. Mm-hmm. In her day, this was not considered cruel or unusual when taken into context. Sure. Uh, he points out that there was a, a fellow named the Peasant King who was executed in this era. He led a peasant revolt against a Hungarian noble. And uh, when he was caught, he was placed upon an iron throne. An iron crown was placed upon his head. And then the metal was heated up until he burned to death. Sure. Slowly burned to death. So torturing peasants was common in this day and age. And so Elizabeth Bathory maybe took it a little too far, but it was... Within the contemporary context. She was just a groundbreaker, that's all. Yeah, or a, a backbreaker, or an armbreaker, or a skinbreaker. I mean, that's possible, but it, with all the accusations, it just, just doesn't seem likely. Like, if it was normal, then mm. you should be able to find accusations of other counts and countesses in other locations with similar things, and then just go, well, look, they're all similar. Yeah, except... Exactly. Except. Exactly. Yeah. So he brings up the peasant king idea but the problem is is that they did that to that one guy they mm-hmm. didn't do it to servant girls who stole pears yeah right yeah. they let it they did it to a guy who led a peasant revolt which you want to make an example of that yeah. guy you don't necessarily want to make an example and she wasn't making an example because she was doing it in secret of too right number 306 yeah, yeah exactly so uh as well he takes he takes issue with the trial itself the witnesses uh in order to elicit their confessions uh, were tortured which, that's a legitimate criticism. And then mm-hmm. the defense lawyer was a chicken. Yeah, except for the fact that there were also 297 other witnesses who were not tortured. <laughs> wow. There were over 300 witnesses brought to the trial to talk about what they saw and what they didn't see, et cetera, How does et cetera. he explain that? Mass hallucinations? That they were all basically bought off by Thorzo. Okay, I mean, uh-huh. yeah, maybe, but this uh, every single thing he does is like just more and more unlikely. When her servants died, the countess often held funerals for them and not secret burials like one would expect from a serial killer. Well, those are the ones she liked. <laughs> the story that dogs had dug up a body and ate it was most likely true, since Elizabeth would have had to bury several servants over the years who died of illness mm-hmm. after her attempts at healing them failed. Mm-hmm. Uh, Usually high-ranking officials such as the Countess were notified in advance of criminal charges, whereas Elizabeth was taken by surprise and they were executed unusually quickly. Just going back one step, Mm -hmm. you'd think that, oh, my elbow really hurts. Should we go see one of the other healers in the city or should we go see Countess Bathory? There were now this kind of murmurs that she sort of like takes her servant girls to town. Yeah. Uh, That uh, Palatine George Thurzo himself had a history of jumping to hasty conclusions and executing the innocent. And tasting them. I don't doubt that that noblemen and noblewomen executed people and probably for terrible reasons. Mm -hmm. But the horrible thing here is how many... And how brutally it happened. Yeah. And it just there feels like there's way too much, maybe not evidence, but just too many people talking about it. And nobody after, if somebody had been bought off, there would have been talk later on, man, we all got bought off. Like, and it would yeah. have bubbled through and well, come up somewhere. To me personally, the most telling aspect of this all is this, the local priest who went to Vienna and accused her of torturing and killing peasant girls in 1602. Yeah. Long before, they didn't arrest her till 1610. Uh, her husband didn't die till 1604. And he came out and said, this has been going on for a long time already in mm-hmm. 1602. Mm-hmm. And there's records of this. Like, we know that for a fact. And the fact that these conspirators who wanted to seize her property and, like, get her money and get out from under debt to her didn't leap on the... Uh, like, as soon as this guy shows up, this priest, and says, she's torturing and killing people on her estate and burying their bodies out in the yard, if they really wanted to take her out, they would have jumped on it like five right. seconds later. Yeah. Right? They'd have been like, oh, this is a perfect chance. They waited eight years before they went, wait a minute, hold on a second. It's sort of been escaping me up to this point in time that we could actually get all her money and like forgive our, yeah, our yeah. debt to us. 200 we... girls, servant girls is bad. But 201, <laughs> you crossed the line. That's right. You pushed us over the edge. Yeah, it kind of feels like the excuse to go into Iraq 
he's a terrible person. He's doing awful things. But, oh, now we've got an excuse to get rid of him so we can put it in our own government and try and get at that oil. Yay. The fact that they wanted to go get the oil doesn't change the fact that Saddam Hussein was a horrible, terrible person. Yeah. They wanted to get her money and get rid of the debt doesn't change the fact that she probably yeah. killed and tortured all these people. The fact that Thurzo and the king benefited as a result yeah. of her being placed under house arrest and immured in this room and like all of her property was dissolved out to all the different members of her family doesn't change the fact that they had a mountain of evidence. Like right. if not for this mountain of evidence, she was an incredibly powerful woman under all circumstances. Like that's why she got away with this for 15 years. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah, the, you know, re- the reason for her being so rich was that she had a huge army yeah. that was badass and saving the entire country. That's right. Exactly. So she had her place. And yeah. She you can't just take powerful. these people down. You got to like have your ducks in a row if you're going to take down Elizabeth Bathory, right? Thorne also points out that Thurzo's wife, after Bathory was placed under house arrest, basically went into, the, into Castle Chechia before anybody else got in there and took all of her family jewels. So, you know, I mean, but again, she sprayed some more blood around. Thorne points that out as a (laughs) she's at CSI Hungary, right? She's dropping the bloody glove like uh, Mark Furman did on OJ, right? No, but she went in and took all the family jewels. and And he's like, this proves that they had an agenda. And you're like, no, they just saw an opportunity. Yeah. Right. They're like, wait a minute. This woman has a ridiculous amount of family jewels. Yeah. She's my cousin. We just walled her up in a room. I'm here anyway. Velvet sack full of jewels. Yeah. Going home in my carriage under my, in the passenger seat, a giant sack full of jewels. And right? it doesn't even have to be that like instantly greedy. I tried <laughs> to shove this crown under the slot, but I, it wouldn't fit. I guess I'll just take it. Yeah. So uh, all records of Elizabeth Bathory were sealed for more than a century. And her name in- was. Inside horses. <laughs> Yes, sewn up in the belly of a horse. Uh, and her name was forbidden to be spoken in Hungarian society. Oh, wow. It was against nice. the law to say her name. That's so, a legacy. So did everybody have to switch to having showers? <laughs> Blood showers. We called her Countess Showerathy. So you guys want to talk about the myths surrounding? Do we not have any news? <laughs> yeah, yeah, Bathory news. She's come back. This is this is probably my favorite myth about her. Uh, allegedly, she carried around a parchment that has spell written on it. Oh, it was a protection spell, and supposedly, if she was ever harmed in any way, an army of ninety nine black cats would materialize out of thin air to rip her enemies' hearts out. Nice. You and I in a little pet shop by a bag of kittens with the money we've got. This is how she went insane. She was kept on losing her sanity points by casting Lovecraftian spells that ah. summoned the cats of Ulthar. Ninety nine black kittens go by Here's the thing. Like I'm sure they weren't talking about like lions or tigers. Like how many cats? I guess ninety nine cats do you think they could actually rip your heart out? If you think were 99, 99 cats, cats just under start a spell. Sh- if they're under a spell, like uh-huh. so that they, you know, they're not timid like a cat would be or mm-hmm. just run away because it's I'm beating the shit out of it. If they're like under a demonic spell to 
attack me, yeah, 99 cats would mess me up. Yeah, they're summoned from the cat level of hell. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Like, Which is very similar to many places on Earth. But say in a physics kind of style way, do you think if 99 cats sincerely attacked you with the goal of ripping your heart out that they could succeed? Yeah. Yes. Really? Yeah. You think so? Yeah. Yes. Wouldn't like one sincere, like you grabbed it by the tail and smashed it against yep. the ground, wouldn't that kill it? Then there's 98 more. And, they're, and, and the lot. thing is, they are all clawing the crap out of you, and soon you're going to be just woozy from blood loss. Yeah, 98 is a lot, actually. And once you're once you're too tired, then they just start scratching away at your chest. Your eyeballs. And, and your eyeballs, and you're, you're done, man. Let's file this under lesser of two evils. <laughs> this is totally going to be the backside of a lesser of two evils. Let's file this. Cats. Let's file this under Caustic Soda, the YouTube channel. We're going to get 99 black cats, and it's going to be Kevin against 99 cats, and we're going to see how that works. Yeah, I'm, I think the SPCA might have something to say about that. Are you kidding? That's where we'll try it. <laughs> They're the ones oh. who have all the cats. <laughs> Oh yeah, you just get them to give you the cats that are set for uh, for set for kill. Set for (laughs) wait, yeah, they've got the little switch on their back. Kill per kill per. It's a a hair trigger. (laughs) Life has taught me anything. But by far and away, the most prevalent and most deep seated and widest spread myth about Elizabeth Bathory And, and comfortable. And maybe it's just because she's got Bath in her last name. I think so. I think it is. Is that Stories began to arise about the fact that she liked to bathe in the blood of virgins in order to restore her youth and her beauty. There's a couple of reasons that we know that this is full on a myth. Uh, The first and foremost is that the first written record of it didn't appear until 1729 when she died in 1614. Right. So 115 years after her death, a Jesuit scholar named Laszlo Tarochi wrote a book called Tragica Historia. And it was the first written account of the Bathory case. And in 1765, the, uh, the eyewitness accounts, the trial transcript right. was actually released. Mm-hmm. And there is absolutely no reference to bathing in blood or using the blood to restore youth. Or, and with all the kind of crazy stories that these witnesses were telling about her, you think that would have come up if there was any basis in reality to it. So we have to recall all those movies and all those toys and all those trading cards. Yeah. Ugh. What a nightmare. <laughs> the logistics of it, right? Yeah. The logistics. The limited edition sakes. Elizabeth Bathory bathtub full of blood. <laughs> you can buy oh, it. You get the bath bomb from uh That's right. you know, from some gothic bath salt store, yeah. right? Made of virgin's blood. Uh-huh. Well, I mean, just think about the physics of it. Like think of if you actually want to bathe in the blood of virgins. How long is it going to take before this bathtub full of blood just turns into one giant scab? And also, right? how you much, can really only take a dip. How you much, just like get in, oh, and then you got to get out. How much blood in a young Hungarian servant girl? Well, there's how many uh, liters of blood in a in a human body? And how much space is there in a bathtub? And let's say it's not a full bathtub. Let's no, say it's no. half a bathtub. Well, with, with blood displacement, you only need to it's have right. like a half to two thirds. <laughs> yeah, of the you don't want to fill it all the way up. No, otherwise, when you get in, It'll that spill. blood is going to spill over. Yeah, and that's just that's a waste just of waste blood. blood. <laughs> yeah, uh, <clears throat> a woman weighing 110 pounds would weigh have about three and a half quarts or 3.3 liters of blood. Okay, so now how many liters does it take to fill a bathtub? I'm going to go. It's got to be at least 50 liters, right? 270 liters for a normal sized bathtub. Okay, so that's to fill it. Okay, so, so let's say 200 or max. Or yeah, let's say even 150. Okay. There's three and a half liters of blood in a hum- in a girl's body. Let's say you can get three out. Let's say you get three out. You get three liters of blood, you know, because you got spillage. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And you, know. you can't, you're not going to wring them like a towel. <laughs> or are you? <laughs> or, well, yeah. First, you put them in the spiky Iron Maiden Yeah. to get the maximum, of, to make it like a sponge. Yeah, yeah. And to make the body just, like just, a sponge. It twists, yeah, like this. Uh, so, okay, so you're going to get three out of them, right? So you need 50 girls. In a single sitting to for create one bath. for one bloodbath. So. You got to line them up and you got to kill them pretty much all at the same time. Like even if the number 650 turns out to be accurate, which by all accounts it's not. Yeah. You're only getting like 10 bloodbaths out of this. Yeah. And it becomes a factory. Where's the joy? <laughs> of course. You, you just lose the art of killing. Yeah. Of course, that, th- this presupposes that the blood is 100% blood in the bathtub. It could be that it's a nice warm bath. And then her bubble bath is just, you know, a couple of liters of blood. 
Oh. And she lets I don't that think she would dilute it, though, because the, the idea is that it rejuvenates her yeah, skin. Right. If you want the reuthening, yeah. right. But it's, that's a word. It's like, it's like a moisturizing bubble bath. You don't take a moisturizing bubble bath in a big tub full of soap. Oh, you don't? No. Oh, my God, Torn, you've been doing it all wrong. So what are you suggesting, Joe, that she's... Uh, that maybe she had... Uh, no, of course I don't think she actually had the blood bath. I'm just arguing right. that, you know, you could have a bath with a lot of blood added to it. Although she might have been able to make If you some, only had 30 servant girls. Like, I think that if you yourself wanted a blood bath, you could have a bathtub and then put in just one girl's worth of three liters of blood, right? That's one yeah. and a half, two liters of soda. That much blood would make it a pretty bloody bath. You know, though, if this had actually worked, she probably could have made a pretty penny in, in the, the beauty product area. I oh, mean, yeah. This is uh, oil of old maid. <laughs> oil of old maid. <laughs> Joe got, uh, there's your Kevin moment. That No, that is... <laughs> what other myths do we have? That's pretty much the big one. Like, the ones that are, that are guaranteed or false. Everything else is kind of in dispute. Uh, they Mactor sort of, fifth. Yeah, they fall into the Mactor fifth uh, category. So, what about pop culture? Pop culture. The first thing that you do when you when you uh, Google pop culture and Bathory, you actually get a band named Bathory. Oh, was uh, named in her honor. Okay. Uh, an influential. Is it an all girl band? No, it's a Swedish oh, heavy metal band. It's a Swedish heavy metal band formed by a uh, a gentleman named Quarthon. Quarthon. Yeah, his birth name was Thomas Forsberg, but in... in <laughs> I would rename mine Quarthon as well. In 1983, he formed Bathory, and they became the pioneers of what is known as Viking metal. That's weird, because Hungarians aren't Vikings, though. Yes. Oh, whatever. But the Swedish heavy metal band Bathory is. All right. Fair All right. enough. There was also uh, the band Cradle of Filth uh, released the concept album Cruelty and the Beast about Countess Bathory, and the album cover depicts her in a bathtub filled with blood. Hellboy, Wake the Devil, the comic book. Oh, Elizabeth Bathory is in that? It's been a while since I read it, but apparently it is a major plot point. Elizabeth Bathory is encountered by a band of protagonists while she's imprisoned in hell in the novel Damned by Chuck Palahniuk. He's the guy who wrote Fight Club. She's actually the the antagonist in the sequel to Dracula, isn't she? Well, yeah, but the sequel to Dracula was written by Bram Stoker's great grand nephew or something oh so it's like it's like the dune books yeah dracula the undead in the book she is cousin to dracula and was the motive behind his decision to move to london in the original novel as she was murdering women under the guise of jack the ripper and he swore to stop her yeah written by dacker i don't even know how to pronounce this name d-a-c-r-e dacker yeah, and he was uh, he was Bram Stoker's great grand nephew. So, uh, oh jeez, trying to capitalize on uh, on on name recognition for sure. Elizabeth Bathory was a minor adversary of Marvel Comics Dracula. An adversary to Dracula? You think they would have been a team up? No. Originally, he intended to make her his vampiric servant, but her ba- her baths in the blood of virgins made her immune to Dracula's control. So they briefly agreed to form an alliance. Oh. When Bathory finally betrayed Dracula, he ended up stealing her journals and turning them to the authorities, which led to her being sealed, uh, immured, immured oh, in the castle. They, they stole the immurement thing. Yeah. And then uh, he drained her of her blood after. So that's that's when they found her. She was drained of blood in yeah, her exactly. uh, in her in her. Goes back cell. to our original theory. Yeah, got it. He, he obviously got in through the little slit by yep. uh, turning into into fog. Uh, in the DC comic book series Secret Six. The origins of the character Jeanette is revealed. She was taken hostage by Bathory as a young girl, and as the Countess's favorite, was forced to watch all the murders with the intent of being Bathory's final victim. However, when the Countess was imprisoned, Jeanette was assigned to care for her and used the position to slowly murder Bathory by placing ground glass in her tea. Ouch. You'd think you'd notice ground glass in your tea, though. Like, it'd have to be ground pretty finely yeah. to just be mixed into the tea as opposed to just settle at the bottom like sediment. This tea is delicious. I can really taste my cut-up tongue. <laughs> yeah, that seems like a particularly ineffective way to murder somebody. I found a couple of uh, Elizabeth Bathory-inspired toys oh, okay. when I was researching the sure. subject. 
Mattel put out a Countess Dracula Barbie, if you can at all believe it. <laughs> Comes with a little bucket of blood. <laughs> oh, if only that were true. It's or, like the boys' version of those slime factories you can you used to be yeah. able to get. It's like a castle full of uh, red ooze. No, it comes with an Iron Maiden that you hang over her head and it just drips blood on her, right? Here's the, you want to hear the write-up for the, uh, yes, the, the Countess Dracula Barbie? Forever young and eternally beautiful. <laughs> this royal ladies ensemble features a magnificent panier skirt lined with metallic red woven fabric, an enchanting collar and soaring headpiece encapsulating a four inch high fiery red hair. <laughs> Clear teardrop rhinestones sparkle on her earrings and also accent her red and purple Louis style shoes. Once bitten and never shy. Whoa. <laughs> We're going to have to post a picture of this. Oh, well, definitely. Podcast.com. Definitely putting a picture of this on the website. Uh, surprisingly <laughs> enough, no longer available from Mattel. I wonder how many they made and how it sold. Yeah, 3,200 were made. What? Wow. That was it. Yeah. That is more than I would have anticipated. That's Well, it's probably a pretty limited edition for Barbie. I would imagine, but still more than I would think people. Do you think 3,200 people, people want? A Dracula. I'm going to find out how much it costs on eBay. You know, we've got more than 3,200 listeners. I think every one of them would be okay with it. Oh, I guess that's, that's a good case. As mentioned at the top of the episode, Elizabeth Bathory is featured in McFarlane Toys' Faces of Madness series. Mm-hmm. Uh, a collection of figures including Rasputin, Vlad, Vlad the Impaler, uh-huh. uh, Elizabeth Bathory, Billy the Kid. He seems kind of out of place here. Uh, Attila the Hun and Jack the Ripper. So uh, all in good company. Mm -hmm. Uh, And the only female on the list. All right. Way to go, Elizabeth. Well, she is our... They must have known she would be the first of our edition of Evil Dames in History. You go, crazy girl. (laughs) Crazy blood. (laughs) But my favorite toy of them all that I found is a... uh, There's a series of dolls called the Living Dead Dolls. And I think they started out just doing like sort of zombie stuff. But as they started to get more popular and yeah. doing continued series, in series 15, wow, and that's not even the last series. There's like a bunch of them after See, that. See, you're asking, how are there 3,200 people who want an undead Barbie? Like, they made 15 series of these living dead dolls. No, more than 15. Like, uh, like 20 okay. or 30. Uh, and it features an Elizabeth Bathory doll. And it's a doll, and it's got vampire teeth. But it's like it's covered in blood, nice. like Carrie esque. Like it's got rivulets of dripping blood all the way down her face, as if she had just come out from under her Iron Maiden shower. Sure. And the case they come in, the case these dolls come in, are shaped like coffins. <laughs> all right, movies. There are not a lot of movies that either feature Elizabeth Bathory or about her life. And if the sample size of one that I have is at all correct, uh, none of them are good. Well, there were a handful of them in the 70s, but they seemed like really exploitative. Like it just seemed like a real good excuse. Like one of them was actually called Countess Dracula, I think. One of them was uh, called Elizabeth Bathory. And I think it was just really an excuse to like have naked women running around covered Mm -hmm. in blood, right? So, As if you need an excuse. <laughs> much thinner excuses have been used in the past. But Joe and I watched uh, yesterday, we watched The Countess. Yeah, Julie when, Delpy's passion play. When yeah. was that released? The reason I actually wanted to see this one 2009. Was, the reason I wanted to see it more than anything else is it stars Julie Delpy, it was written by Julie Delpy, and it was directed by Julie Delpy. Where would I have seen Julie Delpy not having seen The Countess? She was the female lead opposite Ethan Hawke in Before Sunrise and Before Sunset, the Richard Linklater. She was the, the French girl he fell in love with in Paris, and they spent the night no, together. Vienna. Or, oh, was it Vienna? Yeah. Oh, okay. Uh, and they spent the night together, and then they had to leave the next day. Yeah, no superhero movies. No, no superhero movies. Yeah. Those are the only movies you remember actors from? Yeah. Uh, she was the lead in um, the Red, White, and Blue series of movies. Oh, in, okay. Oh, and she was she in was, all of them. She was Dominique. But uh, she, she's got a, a small part in Waking Life. Both her and Ethan Hawke play, reprise the characters from Linklater's oh, weird. Uh, Before Sunrise. And they do a little little bit in Waking Life. But in The Countess. But that's why I was really curious about watching this movie. Mm-hmm. And it was sort of billed in what I read that it was kind of going to be a non-exploitative examination of Bathory's real life. All right. Mm-hmm. Right? But then, and if that's true, it, her life was really boring despite all the horrible things. <laughs> what, I, what took me by surprise was that basically in the first three minutes of the movie, it takes it right up until after her husband is dead. 
Okay. So it doesn't even kick in to like 1605. And there's a lot of telling, not showing in that sequence. Oh, yeah. Blah, blah, blah. And as you know, we are descended from these guys, and so we're in charge, and we're helping the king, and blah, 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 blah. Yeah, there's a ton of exposition in this movie, yeah. and it yeah. kind of goes nowhere fast. It was an hour and 39 minutes. Okay. It felt a lot longer. Yeah. Mm. Was there any bathing in blood? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, there, oh. was, there was a scene. Uh, what was really, it was kind of actually confusing about the movie is that they showed her do all the horrible things, yes. especially at, uh, mostly after her husband, actually all after her husband died, which according to the research was not the way it was. That's but right. Instantly before it started, they had a guy basically say, and I didn't see her again. And that's when I started to hear these stories. I don't think they were even true. Like basically I goes, yeah, this is probably all BS. And then the whole hour left of the movie shows her being horrible and killing these people and bathing in blood. Oh. Yeah. Yeah. Like, uh, so like make your decision. <laughs> Make it either she was Macked horrible or fifth. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Not Mac and fifth. It, it, she completely muddied the waters. And it, in fact, when the uh, when her her lover is standing at her grave at the end of the movie, and he like ends the movie with "Who? I don't think she was as evil as everyone says." Kind of thing, right? And you're like, but you just showed us like 40 minutes of her like torturing and beating and bathing in blood and doing all these horrible things, and then but you bookend it with a character saying. This, these are all stories that I was told, but who knows if they're actually true. Mm. And then he ends the movie with, I don't think they were true. Right? <laughs> yeah. And they spent like 40 minutes showing his they things. They should have called that movie A Grain of Salt. <laughs> yeah. Like either you, you need to tell a story about the great conspiracy to frame this innocent, perhaps harsh, you know, harsh mistress, mistress but still this relatively innocent woman or tell the story about the countess who bathed in blood. You don't get to tell the story about the countess who bathed in blood and then go, ah, it was probably all lies in a frame job. Or don't say you bathed in blood because that's not what actually came up at the trial. Yeah. Say that she tortured and murdered for sadistic pleasure, right? Yeah. Did we actually see any of the trial business in this movie? No, the trial, they, they did not show the trial. The The movie ended with like, they just said, oh, there was a trial and then they brick her into the room, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. See, I would like to see like a Judgment of Nuremberg kind of a trial pick about right. Elizabeth Bathory. And they, they show some of the stuff in flashback. Like, that's what I would yeah. really kind of like. Because yeah. when, when they when they showed all of her life up till her husband died in the first three minutes, I looked at Joe and I went, wait a minute, I thought this was going to be the whole movie. Like, that they were going to show her growing up and like... It was a good realization, though, because we thought, oh my God, the whole movie's going to be like this exposition. Yeah. And all of a sudden it changed after they're done getting the groundwork done. But that yeah. what that felt like was just like really inexperienced storytelling. Yeah. Now, but, I feel like I have to ask. This yeah. is not for my own personal. It's on behalf of the listeners. <laughs> okay. Uh-huh. What's the booby rating? There's one booby. Yeah, one booby scene. Uh, Covered in blood. No, no, no. no. This is, this is It was a, hers. Yeah, it was Julie Delpy's boob, although That's I feel weird. like I've seen her boobs before oh, in something. Boy. See, I had the exact opposite movie viewing experience. Oh, yeah? When I saw... I'm going to assume it was a European film. Uh-huh. I'm probably on Bravo at like 2 in the morning. <laughs> the, with all the great European films screen. It was an anthology movie, kind of coming-of-age sex stuff. There was a lot. It was 90% naked young girls. Mm-hmm. All right. So after the movie ended, the guy who was like the host of the show, his line was, was there enough skin in that for you? <laughs> <laughs> and there, one of the segments was... This uh, Elizabeth Bathory character oh, really? was going into the village. She was looking up all the young girls' skirts to check out their bush and their asses to see if they had the youth that she wanted, that she wanted or whatever. Okay, and then she would bring them back to the castle. And there was a lot of they didn't show any mutilation, mutilation or, or right. gore, but they showed a lot of naked women. Running around in the castle, I'm, running for the lives. I, when I say naked women, I mean naked girls, because these are probably like sixteen, seventeen year olds, right? Or at least girls who appear sixteen or seventeen. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The very least. I don't know what it was made. I can't remember the name of the movie. I tried to look it up, but I couldn't find it. But the point, and they were all kind of vignettes. Like this wasn't an entire movie. This was no, just no, one it was little like section. There, yeah, there was this one little section, and uh, there was it was mostly boobies and. Well, bones. maybe one of our listeners can they will they will be a big fan of this and we'll be able to post on our website. It was on TV, so it wasn't like any hardcore stuff or anything like that. Right. But but it, it ended with them all being killed. I can't remember how. It ended, but there was definitely a, a bath you, full of blood at the end of the segment. Oh, precisely. Yeah. So, at the very least, if they didn't show them filling it with blood, they showed the aftermath. Yeah. 
Well, we have to end this episode with the evilometer. Right. So given the knowledge that we have, yeah. hmm. out of 10, yeah. where do you put it? You did the most of the research, Kevin. Even the stuff that like sounds totally plausible. Like when you take the whole Iron Maidens thing, I don't know if that actually happened, but I'm pretty sure that she would stick people with pins if they were sitting too close to her. I'm pretty sure right. she would burn red hot coins into people's hands if she yeah. accused them of stealing. I'm pretty sure she probably beat a peasant girl or two to death for some minor infraction because she kind of got carried away. I'm pretty sure all of that happened. So on that basis alone, I can give her a solid nine. And even half... Oh, wow, okay. Oh, a nine for that. When you take a cudgel and beat like a 13-year-old girl to death, so much so that they have to scoop up the blood with pails and cover the floor with ash... Well, it's not just about the cruelty. It's also about the numbers, remember. Do we have a definite body count? Well, the lowest number that she was attributed to was 37, and right. the highest number that's believable. Well, well, I don't think anybody believes 650, but even uh, the 200 mm-hmm. that uh, some of the, and some these of the are palace just, And these staff, are just servant girls for the most part. For the most part. Yeah. A handful of uh, lower nobility and daughters of, uh, of influential clergy. From what I heard, I'm going to say 8.5. Yeah, I'd agree. I'd say about an 8. It all depends on what's true and what's not true. I think for me, it's the intent. It's like if it was just in the era and the time yeah. and every, every once in a while you would beat a servant to death and that's just what would happen. Sure. That's not evil. That's just yeah. common sense. <laughs> that's just uh, everyday life for uh, somebody rich. But if you, I think that there was, there was a cruelty to it and a sadism to it that – Elevates the the evilosity. It's such a weird feeling to know you're alive. It's such an awful feeling. You're dying inside, and when you wake up, startled to say, "I hope I don't go crazy today." It's such a bad feeling, an ominous feeling, a feeling you know that we'll be back when the week is new. And we'll have more gross facts for you. And you'll have things you'll want to hear about. We will too. Caustic Soda was recorded by Mike Leeson while sawing off his own fingers to set Kevin free. For show notes, pictures, and videos, visit causticsodapodcast.com. Email us at info at causticsodapodcast.com. Visit us on Facebook and rate us on iTunes. Our Twitter is at Caustic Podcast. Thanks for listening. I'm Kevin Leeton.